0: And welcome to Stories from the Ridge. I'm Lee Burns, head of school, and today I'm joined in the studio with Steve Hearn, class of '74, who's going to help introduce a podcast subseries where we talk to alumni around the country. Steve recently stepped down as senior advancement director at Macaulay, and is traveling around the country as an ambassador for Macaulay. Steve, welcome to Stories from the Ridge. Thanks,
1: Lee. It's uh, it's always good to be here at Macaulay. Good to be with you and. I'm looking forward to this new role that I'm I'm in, and uh, it gives me the opportunity to meet with so many different alumni and friends Macaulay all across the country, and uh, it's going to be nice being an ambassador.
0: And a couple of your early visits have been with uh, the Bailoff family and the Welch family.
1: Absolutely, Uh, and the stories are so fascinating. Uh, Sam Bailoff graduated from Macaulay in 1941, just turned 100 years old and we felt like it was a good opportunity for us to hear from him about what Macaulay was like when he was here and those are some precious moments and memories that he shared with us and also with Don Welch uh, class of 58 uh, he's a legend at Macaulay when he was here great athlete great student involved in the military program and I had a chance to sit down with Don and his son Gary Welch and Gary, of course, is our chairman of the board and class of 1987. And also with uh, Don, Don's wife and Gary's mother, Marcia, And just a great time to hear from them about their whole Macaulay experience.
0: Well, let's get to the podcast series and your interview with Sam and David Bailoff.
1: We're fortunate to be here today to have a conversation with Macaulay's uh, recent uh, 100-year-old alum, uh, Sam Bailoff, and Sam is an incredible Macaulay man. We're also here with David Bailoff, class of 71, 72 seventy-two. I'm sorry, seventy-two, and uh, David graduated from Macaulay a couple of years before me. I'm Steve Hearn. I'm vice president for advancement at Macaulay, and today in this podcast. We want to just hear from Sam about his Macaulay experiences. And Sam, welcome to our podcast. Well, uh, thank
2: you very much. It, I got to tell you, my older brother went to Macaulay also. Is He that right? graduated in 1939. Wow. And uh, so I've had my brother and me and my two boys all go to Macaulay.
1: Well, we love it. That's the Macaulay long blue line. And uh, you guys started it. Gosh, you enrolled in 39.
2: 39.
1: I have this uh, pleasure of looking at the yearbook from your yes. senior class, and it says Sam Alvin Bailoff from La Follette, Tennessee. Now, for those who don't know, tell us where La Follette is located. La
2: Follette is about 40 miles north of Knoxville. It's on Interstate 75. As you're going up to Lexington or Cincinnati on 75, you pass the exit that goes into La Follette. But back, it, w-
1: but back when you were coming to Macaulay, there it, wasn't Interstate 75.
2: How in, the oh world, no.
1: how in the world did you all find your way to Chinnaga? Well, and how did you find Macaulay?
2: The main highway between Cincinnati and Atlanta was Highway 25. And Highway 25 came through La Follette. And we, it was a busy tourist town. Of course, we only had one one motel. But uh, I don't know if you've ever driven that old Highway 25, but it, between Jellicoe and La Follette, you, you're in the mountains. How
1: did you find out about Macaulay? What what led you to Macaulay? Because that's.
2: The thing that led us to Macaulay was there were, there were a few people, there were a few boys from La Follette that were going to private school. Some of them went—Kentucky uh, uh, Military Academy was a popular place, and Castle Heights was very popular in those days. But, the uh, you know, being Jewish, we were the only Jewish family in La Follette at that time. And uh, so my best friend was a guy, Dick Sharp, who was a Presbyterian, and I went to the Presbyterian Church with him a lot. And I got to know Reverend Dunlap, who was the, the minister. And when he found out that my dad wanted, was thinking about sending to, you know, to a private school, he said, you got to go down and look at Macaulay. Of course, my brother had already been down there. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. we went down, and uh, I liked it. I mean, I just followed in everything my brother did. If, wherever he went, whatever he did, I'd kind of followed it by my brother, and uh, so the uh, way we went, Dunlap took us down there, and I liked it. And I, we signed up, and uh, <laughs> what when you first
1: saw Macaulay, yeah, the campus, the buildings, yes, what do you remember about
2: that? Oh, I remember the the swimming pool. They kept that pool, the same pool there for many years. Is you it mean still the, Macaulay, the
1: Macaulay Lake? Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, Central High School was uh, was on the, that Dobbs Avenue. Is that what the name of that yeah, avenue? Yeah, uh-huh. Dobbs. And uh, the first year I lived in, uh, above the cafeteria. Uh, David, let
1: me ask you. So your dad followed his brother to Macaulay. And how did how did his brother find out about Macaulay? What led him there?
2: You know, I w- w- I don't think we ever talked about Ed and why he went to Macaulay. But
3: I thought you told me one time that
2: the Macaulay family came up through there. Oh, Professor Macaulay came up, and my dad thought that was the greatest thing that ever happened to him. <laughs> and Professor Macaulay, he was my he was really my my guy. I had you know I came out of flawed. Thinking I was going to be a senior in Macaulay, and uh, <laughs> after the first the great the first grading period came out, I ha- had to visit with Professor Macaulay. He says, "Sam, you're going to have to go to the lower English class." I think they had two or three levels of English. Doctor Presley was the English teacher. Oh, great and He man. said, "You're yeah. going to have to go to the lower, uh, the lower." English rating class with noel pitts and a bunch of guys crazy <laughs> and uh, he's of course I had I knew nothing about the Bible and uh, I was taking a Bible class not doing well he said we'll excuse you from the Bible class <laughs> and uh, and my That's my French that I'd had one year at La La Follette, Follette was like nothing so I I had to go back another year. I, just, I thought I had enough credits to celebrate to graduate that first year, but I had to repeat too many cars. Well, that's
1: okay. It it let you be at Macaulay for two years, and uh, I'm sure you were able to well make strong friendships.
2: And if, if you'll see in the in in, in the annual, the, not many activities, and I was definitely not in a scholarship group of people.
1: Yeah, it says. Uh, so Sam Alvin Bailoff, LaFollette, Tennessee, enrolled September, 1939. B team football, your first year. Varsity soccer, your senior year. Varsity track, your senior year. B basketball.
2: Oh, I got to tell you about my basketball. I <laughs> went to the I monogram the club. Yeah. But tell us about that. There were there were a group of us that that did make the varsity. They had a good varsity team. Hook Hartley was one of one of our big Macaulay basketball. But anyhow, there was a, there was a little store down near the cafeteria where during that night, during the study hall, when you had a break, you could go down there and buy some drinks and candies. Was that there when you were there? David, I think he's talking about uh, something similar that was in the bottom. Captain of the table. Dunlap. Was we used some, to have
1: the canteen. Yeah.
2: It was like a little canteen. Uh-huh. It was right near the cafeteria. Yeah. And and uh, and we sold a drink called Bruce's Juices. I never forget <laughs> that. So Marshall Gowrie and some of those guys put together a basketball team. The it, in the back you can see a picture of it. And we, and we called our team Bruce's Juices. We were sort of the B team, and we 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 traveled around and played some high other other high schools, but uh, Bruce's Juices that was our basketball team, and uh, I just met so many good guys. I, uh, my dad was a was a from the Ukraine, came to this country in the late 1800s. And uh, his brother brought him over, and uh, he lived in New York for a year or two, working $5 a week, making whatever he made. And there was agencies in New York that, that took care of the immigrants. Mm-hmm. And they needed the, I don't know, the I don't know what the need was, but they, they wanted to get jobs for these people. And there were people scattered, Jewish people scattered around the country that were mostly merchants. So okay. uh-huh. some family in Middlesburg, Kentucky uh-huh. hired my, brought my dad down from New York to Middlesburg, Kentucky. And he worked in the store, and and while he was there they, they uh, the uh the stores would hire these immigrants with a pack on their back, and they'd go through the that that's the beginning of the mining camp the 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 coal industry mm-hmm. and they would go into these mining camps selling anything they could carry on their back and he did that while he was working for this Mr. Ginsburg in Middlesbrough. And uh, so the uh, he my my mother was living in New York and there was a flu epidemic, nineteen eighteen. <laughs> the pandemic. And she and her family went down to Pineville, Kentucky oh, wow. to live with some families. Uh, their family and uh, and they met and got married in Pineville, Kentucky. And then he stayed with this Ginsburg working in the store. And then they, did, they decided they'd go out on their own. So La Follette is just across the border from Kentucky. La Follette is right where Kentucky, Virginia, and Tennessee come together. At Cumberland Gap. Mm-hmm. That's where all this and, comes and together. And
1: Pineville's right up there in that, that area, too.
2: Pardon me. Yeah, Pineville's yeah. up in that area too. Pineville yeah. was about fifteen miles from Middlesbrough. Yeah. There, there were mining camps all over that that area, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, they got married and they came down. They they looked at different towns and they decided they'd go to La Follette, huh. and
1: and then they, they started a store.
2: They started a store in nineteen
1: eighteen. And did you work in that store? Uh, well, growing
2: up? as I grew up. Uh, like eight, nine, ten years old uh, both my mother and my father worked in the store and uh after I was old enough i would uh, I would go down at night my dad my dad would go home and mother would go down and close the store, and she would take my brother and me down to sweep the store and to clean out and that's how we got, it. I don't know, I was 8 or 9 or 10 years old, and I'm sweeping the store and then go with him in the morning to sweep the sidewalk, and that's how I got the retail business.
1: Wow. And then uh, Bailoff's moved into Knoxville well, we, also?
2: When my brother and I came out of the service in nineteen forty nineteen sixty. 1946. uh, He, but Ed had a law degree from Vanderbilt and he was going to practice law, but the, uh, the clothing business in those years, that's another story about La Follette. uh, But the clothing business was better than the law business (laughs) for small town Jewish boys. So, he got into the business and we both got into the business. And uh, over the years, in 1955, we opened a store in Oak Ridge. And then 1973, we opened a store in Knoxville. And then 1972, they built Westtown Mall and we opened a store there. So... Most of my life was driving between La Follette and Oak Ridge and Knoxville. That <laughs> that triangle. And they're all within uh, within 30 miles, I guess, of each other. Wow. That triangle, that's where I spent yeah. my retail days.
1: Well, I know that through those experiences growing up and kind of working in the store yeah. and being around your, your parents and your brother's, uh, you developed a, a certain work ethic that went with that. Tell me, what is it that you took from Macaulay? From your experience as a student at Macaulay, what is it that you took from that experience into life? What did you get most out of Macaulay?
2: Well, the honor system was something that I never, you know, as far as having an honor system, and that never came. But, but, but what what I learned from what I found out at Macaulay about the honor system that was a big influence mm. uh and uh we had a lot of guys had a lot of trouble but that i guess that and and the friendships you know coming out of a small town and uh and meeting these kind of guys uh well, you went from macaulay. To Vanderbilt Vanderbilt I went I graduated in 41 and I went to I went to Vanderbilt and then I finished I finished the 41 42 freshman year and then and then I started Vanderbilt in 42 in the fall of 42 for my second year at Vanderbilt but in December, uh, I enlisted in the in the in the service. Mm. There were everybody left. Everybody left. If you were able-bodied person, you left. I enlisted in December, thinking I was. They told me the army told me I could finish my education and then I'd get a I get a commission. That was in December. In January, I got orders to go to Fort. Oglethorpe, I was in the army. Oh, wow. As, as a private. <laughs> and and you fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Well, my division, we were the 78th Infantry Division, and we were just north of the Bulge. And I think our infantry was involved in that, but I was in the artillery. And I'm back on a 155 howitzer. So we don't know what's going on. The, the the battle of the Bulge was happening and we were shooting all a, we were shooting towards the east, you know, where the Germans were, and then all of a sudden some of the big guns turned south shooting into the Bulge. That's how wow. close we were. Wow. I, mean, I guess we were more than 2 or 3 miles from the Battle of the Bulge. Wow. And yeah. uh, I ended up I was in the artillery but they needed a truck driver, so they they, they made me a truck driver. <laughs> I, I spent the, all the the days of the Battle of the Balls driving a truck and delivering ammunition and food and hmm. whatever needed to be delivered. I, they I, they took me out of the out of the uh, out of the infantry de- battalion into a service battalion and, and that's where I spent most of the war. Yeah,
1: well, that was a very important function uh, for for those troops.
2: Everybody, regarded everybody, had a job, mm-hmm. and if they didn't do the job, things didn't get done. I mean, somebody had to. They had to have food. They needed somebody to get have food. They need somebody to bring ammunition and mm-hmm. food to the a, a, a place to distribute it, and. Everybody had a job. Let's
1: uh, let's think back to when you were at Macaulay. Yeah. Uh, who were some of the key teachers or administrators oh, in your life?
2: Uh, Doctor McElwain was yeah. was in the math. I mean, second year was my favorite, and and Doctor uh, uh, McElwain was the, and then of course Mister Burns taught. Foreign language, mm-hmm. and uh, Doctor Bible was there. Doctor Bible taught the the religion courses. Yeah, and uh, then you had Bob McCauley was there. Bob McCauley
1: and uh, Spencer McCauley Well, the f- junior.
2: My senior year, I lived in Founder's Home, and. Bob McCauley, the professor's son, they lived and found their home. He and his wife, and they had, uh, they had children. And when they would go out in the evening, some of those, some of us would sit with their kids. And so I do Bob McCauley pretty well because we we sat, we babies, we took care of the little ones. As they were growing up, and one of those little ones was uh, Spence Third. He babysitted. Oh wow! Him. Yeah, that's great. What was the food like back then? The food? Yeah, yeah. I I sat at a training table uh-huh. because I was on the football team. Okay. We 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 got we had a lot of food. We got <laughs> was it any I don't good? know how good or bad it was. <laughs> yeah. And David was it good when you were at McCall?
3: It was okay. Yeah.
1: So when's the last time you've been
2: back to Macaulay? Just before, I, I went to every reunion up until the virus, and I don't know if they even had them. But the last big reunion, like I said earlier, was the class of 40, 41, and 42, and I don't remember how many, how many of us were left.
1: David, as you hear your father talk about Macaulay, are any of his memories similar to your memories just in terms of what you took from Macaulay. Well, we were both bad students.
3: (laughs) We were consistent. (laughs) here. I think the same memories. Mine are the same as they are yours, uh, Steve. The the honor code Uh, and the fact that my dad, his brother, and my brother had all gone to Macaulay, I was so scared I was going to get in trouble. So I just walked the path. I didn't, I was always scared. So, uh. but
1: you all. But what I remember about you, David, is you had a great sense of humor, and you made other people feel comfortable when they were around you and included. I mean, those were those were great memories that I had, and I was two years behind you, and you know it. uh, uh, It's it's a it's a good memory for me, thinking about when you were there. But uh, uh, and we were just as Macaulay. We were coming out of the military program. It was the first year. And so Macaulay was kind of finding his way around yeah. at that point. I mean, our dress code, we had like three different blazers. It was like the Century 21 brown. And I
3: think you could still wear your uniform if you had it <laughs> yeah. when, they, yeah. when they went from the military to non-military. Well, uh, you know, something I wanted to add, because you were talking about a transition when I came to Macaulay, and I'm sure you feel the same way because you spent how many years there? Oh uh
1: I mean I've been at Macaulay for seven different decades.
3: So for me, that was the greatest experience I ever had because coming out of La Follette, uh I had to go to summer school before they'd let me into Macaulay. I finally got in. I studied so hard to do so bad, but it was the best it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it seems like because I was always sort of – I wasn't a, I tried out for all the sports. I wasn't any good. But it seems like when I graduated from a college, it seemed like I'd have been uh, – worked so hard to get so little. So when I went to college, you had so many lazy people. I ended up doing real well in college. Yeah, I was yeah. president of my senior class. Wow. Um, I ended up with a great career in D.C. And I owe everything I've got – to the foundations I've learned at Macaulay, particularly uh-huh. honor, truth, and duty. Mm. Well, what do you remember
1: about Major Burns?
2: Oh, Major Burns—he was, was great. He—I tell you—he had a tough job because he checked out everybody uh, when, when they went out in the, uh, on the weekends, and he, he was there to check them in. <laughs> and and uh, oh, he and he he taught. French, I think, and he, he he was good. Joe Davenport was in my class, and and they're the guys that started uh, the Davenport family. Uh, the Crystal, the hamburger yeah, place, yeah, the 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 Crystal, uh-huh. the Davenport family, and then who was in the ice cream business? Uh, Coleman's Burger. Coleman's Burger. Yes, they had a... Kay's Castle. K's. It was called Kay's, yeah. And K's it was Castle. on Macaulay Avenue. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. And then uh, I'm thinking of some of the other guys in that class. But anyhow, it, I, it was a great experience. I, I I have so many great memories of Macaulay. And I like I say, I went back for all the reunions.
1: You know, your 100 years—they're uh, f- full of experiences and stories—and what you shared with us yes, today. Yeah, I'm just uh, in, in such awe and appreciation of you, not only for your loyalty <clears throat> to Macaulay, but also your service to the nation, and just through sharing Macaulay through uh, with your sons, yes. uh, it it just uh it's just an incredible story all the way well,
2: around i I feel so blessed i just i count my blessings every day a hundred times I mean doing what I'm doing right now is a blessing so i i i've been like i say i'm i'm there's a lot of luck in life i think I think we're born with with luck the fact that we're born and and able to to grow up and to form hands and feet and 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 it's just a blessing Uh, but sometimes you run out of luck my wife's just ran out of luck and i lost them and my son didn't mark but luck has always been a, a a a a big word in my life i think if you're lucky to do what we're doing, to, to, to have a good night's nice sleep, to have a good breakfast, we're so lucky. But along the way, some people run out of luck, yeah. and we lose them, but you gotta, you gotta take what they give us.
1: Uh, once again, thanks so much, Sam and David, for letting us uh, sit out here on your beautiful back porch uh, with the birds and all the sounds of nature. It's just so fitting to be here in such a warm and uh, uh, pleasant environment. And Perfect. just to hear your stories well, uh, just means so much to me. And I know Macaulay, the Macaulay community out there will really enjoy connecting with you through well, this thank podcast.
2: You. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate this. I, I, went out, I It's nice having you both here. It's nice meeting you both. And I wish you a lot of luck. And a lot of success Oh, in what you're doing.
1: Well, thanks so much, yeah.
0: You're listening to Stories from the Ridge, a college podcast series. I'm Lee Burns, head of school. And with me is Steve Hearn, class of 74, former vice president for advancement, and now our roaming ambassador, Steve, what strikes me about your conversation with Sam Bailoff is how much he's contributed over the years to his nation and his community. Serving in World War II in the Battle of the Bulge, then becoming a business and civic leader in Knoxville. What a great man and what a great life he has led.
1: Absolutely, and and the other part about my conversation with Sam was that he's so proud of Macaulay, and he's so proud of his son David, and David's an alum of Macaulay, and just hearing that total uh, recall of memory and his experience, I thought was
0: fantastic. Well, we'll place a link on our podcast page on the website that contains the full interview with Sam and David.
1: And another thing I want to mention is that uh, our Knoxville area alumni, they rallied together and uh, helped Sam celebrate his 100th birthday. And they all
0: gathered together and had a great uh, uh, opportunity to visit together. Great. Right. Well, now let's move forward a decade and a half to the class of 58 and Don Welch.
1: Wow. That was a great visit. And Don and his wife, Marsha, were so gracious in welcoming his host. And to be joined by uh, Gary, their son, uh, well, that was very special.
0: Great. Right. Well, now let's listen to a few minutes of that conversation.
1: Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with a true legend of Macaulay, one of Macaulay's greatest. He graduated in 1958, and it's Don Welch. And Don, welcome to Stories from the Ridge.
4: Glad to be here. Appreciate you coming.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm here in Don's home, and Marsha, she's here, and we just had a wonderful lunch, and uh, they live outside of Atlanta, and also joining us is Macaulay's board chair, Gary Welch. Gary Welch graduated from Macaulay in 1987, and so what a fun day it is for me to be here with these men, and Marcia, uh, to be here with you, and just to reminisce and talk about Macaulay. So again, welcome, and thank you for letting me come down to visit with you. Don, let me just start with you, and uh, if you would just share your story of how you got to Macaulay. How did that all happen? Uh, And, uh, and just take us through that. uh, If you would, please.
4: Well, I went to Brainerd junior high and they had a six man tackle football team. And I played on that and it's successful. My ninth grade year. So, uh, Seemed like it was Dr. Spence and maybe Dave Spencer. Hmm. They came over to the house and visited and asked me to come to Macaulay. And I also had an offer from Baylor. They came, but I only lived two and a half miles from Macaulay (laughs) and Baylor was on the other side of the city. (laughs) Uh And I didn't have a car, so I figured on how to get home <laughs> Two and a half mile walk was better than walking across. <laughs>
1: it is uphill though,
4: <laughs> but it's uh, that's it in a nutshell. Got there and then, of course, I had been in Macaulay. I, I started in Macaulay when they had a kindergarten
1: camp. Oh yeah, with day camp. Day camp. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
4: At, uh huh. Uh huh. In the senior lodge. In the senior lodge,
1: we had day camp in the
4: senior lodge for the for the kindergarten. Okay, okay. There was just probably eight or nine of us, and we we'd take a, a throw up rug, roll uh-huh. it up, and that's that's what we took our naps on. <laughs> but there was only fifteen of us at the most. And
1: what was uh, what was the Macaulay Lake like back then?
4: Of course, it was bigger.
1: Yeah, yeah. Describe that because a lot of people. They see the lake now, and it looks big. But how how in the world could it be bigger? What what else was down there? Uh,
4: is the tower still there? I don't. Yeah. know. it's been uh-huh. so long uh-huh. too I. Well,
1: the, the the tower is, but the iron steps aren't. Okay, We're no longer there. But it was
4: probably. I, I guess they cut a third of the lake out when they.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we as we grew as a school, the school felt okay, we probably need to claim some field space here. And so they, they reduced the size of the lake. Uh, so you went to day camp, and then you, you ended up coming to Macaulay in the ninth grade. What did Macaulay... Tenth, sophomore. Sophomore year, 10th grade. Yeah. What, what did Macaulay look like then? The school. Uh, again, today's school and campus looks very different from what it was then. What do you remember... What were your first impressions? Oh,
4: North and South Hall. hmm uh, And of course they had the senior lodge. Same same cafeteria. Boarding students ate upstairs and day students ate downstairs, I think.
1: hmm hmm
4: But it was very good sitting in the back of the ridge here, sitting on the ridge.
1: Yeah, yeah. And who were some of your teachers when you were at Macaulay? Who do you remember?
4: Mr. McIlwain.
1: <laughs> Charles, I mean... Describe Mr. McIlwain. And Mr. Mack
4: was... To look at him and where his hair was and everything, he would remind you of Einstein. <laughs> I mean, he just... <laughs> went and his son was in my class, Charles. Okay. Yeah. But Mr. Mack was just brilliant. He was, yeah. I asked him a question one day. He said, Don, open your book... Go to page 252 down on the (laughs) right-hand side on the third paragraph, (laughs) and there's your answer. But that's the kind of mind the man had. Mm. And then you had Captain Tate.
1: Captain Tate, yeah.
4: Coach Day in football. Uh, Mr. Schmidt.
1: Elliot Schmidt. Mm. uh, Warren James. Mm. Well, those are all just legends of Macaulay uh, in terms of teaching and uh, coaching. And what's what's a memory that you have about Coach Day? Because fortunately, I had the opportunity to, to uh, be a student in seventh grade history with Coach Day. Fortunately, I guess, if it depends on how you define fortunately. But he was my seventh grade history teacher and also was uh, one of my coaches in football. But Tell me about your experiences with Coach Day.
4: Coach Day was unbelievable. You're lucky to run across one. Mm. That, that was one thing that really has impressed me over the years with McCauley is their staff. Mm. The people that you have day-to-day contact with, it's unreal. What they, they seem like they're really into their students. They're not, it's not just a job. It's a religion with them. But Coach Day was, he was my B-team B coach. <laughs> and uh, one of the funniest stories, we, we left, we went over and played uh, Castle Heights. Mm-hmm. We had a pretty good B-team. Beat them, I like think, 36 to nothing, something like that. And so we were feeling real good coming home. A bunch of us in the back of the bus, Cutting up, carrying on. Next thing I do, I looked up the aisle, and here come Coach Day Lumber down the. the and he aisle. wasn't
1: a small fellow, was he? And
4: I said, "Uh oh, you know, football players are not supposed to have fun and laugh. He's, you got to be serious." <laughs> so he came back here and he said, "What are you boys doing?" I said, "I'm oh, just enjoying the victory." He sat down. And told jokes all the way
3: back. Coach,
1: I, I just can't imagine that. The, the,
4: the first one was. I
1: bet he had a cigarette in his hand, didn't he?
4: <laughs> he said, You all know what the strongest thing in the world is? Hmm. He said, No, Coach, we don't. He said, X lax. He knocked the heck out of him. He didn't use heck. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, like I say, we stopped in Mont Eagle. There was a Claire's Steakhouse there that Macaulay used. To, if they went through there, they they got a a meal. Oh, a, a
1: good steakhouse. Did he stop and buy some X-Lacks too?
4: <laughs> no, no. But so help me that. But he just he was. It, it's hard to put words to describe him. Yeah. And Miss Day too. She was.
1: They they were they were the ultimate husband and wife team uh, for Macaulay and Gary. Uh, you were a boarding student at Macaulay, Don. You were a day student, Gary. You had memories of Coach Day and Miss Day, Mrs. Day. What? Uh, share some of those with us, if you would.
5: Yeah, you know, I, I would say Coach Day was a lot like Jackie Gleason. You know, he was built like Jackie <laughs> Gleason. He had Jackie Gleason's sense of humor, and it was all fun until it wasn't fun, and then he could he could <laughs> he could scare you to death and put the fear of god in you just like that um but he was just he just enjoyed macaulay and that's i think what so many of the faculty they really to dad's point they kind of make it their life's work and they just settle in and grow roots in the ridge and then they just they just build up boys and mm-hmm. um and so he was he was great and legendary and and just so beloved in the classroom and just at macaulay in general and then his wife, you know, I affectionately called Granny. They became my third set of grandparents. And mm-hmm. the best one was, you know, I would, I would go over and eat at their house almost every night. And uh, she <laughs> thought it was important for me to get some weight for football. So she put me on her own uh, eating regimen, which included a Hershey sandwich and about a <laughs> half a gallon of milk every night um, so, so that I could hold the ball for extra points. <laughs> 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 but it was her mission and i enjoyed it being her mission and made the made the best of it but um really like another set of grandparents to me yeah they were they were sweet and another side of it she was
4: from cool is that yeah. right yeah, your home You're, no that's where we went to, that's right that's where yeah, marsh is from right, Tennessee from
1: cool. yeah, yeah she lived right off campus and and that's also where Coach Day went to college, wasn't it? Tennessee yes. Tech. Well, um, he's the one who got to go, got me to go up there. So from Macaulay, you went to Tennessee, you went to Georgia Tech, and mm-hmm. then to Tennessee Tech. And at Macaulay, for those of you who don't know, Don was uh, just an incredible athlete. He was uh, he was one of our top leaders in the military program, and and I'll just go ahead and say this: and he was probably one of our finest students too.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I had to myself <laughs> <laughs> well, but certainly uh you know in the athletic area you you just did so many great things and then you went on to college to play ball right and is that where Terry Evans did was Terry uh Terry and I went to Georgia Tech together, okay,
4: but I used to see Terry walking you know he lived right off campus. Hmm. And sometimes we'd still be on the practice field, and I'd see Terry walking by going home.
1: Mm, Wow. And then Terry ends up coming to Macaulay to teach and coach, and his family, uh, he and his family lived on campus, uh, just were uh, Macaulay institutions for many, many years. So uh, when you think of Macaulay, what makes you smile? Tradition. Describe and expand on that
4: one. Uh, it's, it's hard to put into words. It's, it's a feeling almost. And anytime you, somebody, and they see, mention Macaulay, well, you can just see my face
5: light up and theirs too.
1: Mm. I love it. Gary, what about you? When you think of Macaulay, yeah. what makes you smile?
5: I, I think uh, it, it's similar. It's, that, it's that, that blueness you feel in the heart, mm-hmm. um, and there's this bond and everybody's kind of had the same rite of passage whether it was military or whether it's now there's still those core values and that that same ethos that's on the ridge and um and i think brotherhood Mm -hmm. is is a big part of it um but the tradition's almost the byproduct of the life's work right so you have the life's work of the of the faculty and the students passing through and in in getting the true benefit of the Macaulay experience. And then you put all that together and you go out into life and you lean back on the things you learned at Macaulay to get through life. And then the tradition happens and then your son goes there and you see the same thing happen to your son. He gets comfortable in his own skin just like I did and just like my father did.
1: Yeah, and I forgot to mention that... uh, um The Welch family—they're a third-generation Macaulay family. Three generations of Welch men have attended Macaulay and graduated. When you when you talk about the Macaulay traditions and so forth, what what one or two things did did you take from Macaulay that today is still part of your life? Something that either you practice or or use as a guide. What? One or two things, Don. Is there anything that jumps out? Not right off the bat, just loyalty
4: and teamwork,
1: mm. Gary, and friendship. Yeah, and and you you're still connected to a, a core group of your classmates. I understand. Oh yeah, yeah, Gary. What about you?
5: Yeah, I think I think um, how alive the honor code still is on campus, been in all the all the alumni's hearts. I think that that's that's one thing. Um, the honor, truth, duties never far away from any of any of us. And then for me, Coach Pete Potter had this uh, this exercise that we had to do called stick fighting, and it was pretty elementary. But it was to just fight the other player for the stick, and whoever let go and and they were the loser, and the person who who held on to the stick and pried it away from the other player was the winner. But that idea of never letting go. Um, that, 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 I think that's something that sticks in my mind. And then I think Macaulay's just a great place, it was for me, and I think for a lot of other people to, um, to learn that you know you've got what it takes. Mm. And I think that sticks with me as well. If you can do it at Macaulay, you can do it anywhere. Well, in your role as board chair, Gary, uh, and
1: knowing what your father experienced and what you experienced in your son, what are the key elements of macaulay you want to make sure that we preserve
5: yeah, I have a benefit because i can I can talk to my son and get the present and then I can talk to my dad and see what macaulay looks like at at eighty four um and it and it's consistent right it's It's really consistent, which is um macaulay's built to build boys and and so I think to continue to stay as an all boys institution with um the motto and um um the core tenets, I think um, but at the end of the day it's it's really about um attracting and retaining the faculty mm. um they they're they're the heartbeat of macaulay and then just continuing to um to let the boys go through the process of becoming macaulay men mm. um, and then I think I think the other part of it would be to continue to um especially because we're in the middle of it I think, refine and execute on the strategic plan and the opportunity to work with the minds that were were polished and built at Macaulay on the board level to see these these guys that were students. And now they they come back after very successful careers and whatever field they're in and to watch them come back with the same passion and intensity that they had at Macaulay to preserve Macaulay and perpetuate Macaulay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like school's in session all over again, and it's fun to, to watch those minds and the passion um, roll through the of Sevens room.
1: One of the things that we stress at Macaulay is that uh, as an institution, Macaulay, we want to always serve as a resource and a partner for our alumni and their families throughout their lives. And... Don, I think about you and your classmates. Uh, Say a few things about what you you guys get together maybe every year or every few years. Uh, Say something about that and how you guys have stayed connected. And I don't know if you have a a story or two about some of those gentlemen.
4: That came about through the, I think there's a scholarship, Joe Moss scholarship. Mm -hmm. But Joe was one of our classmates from Burke Garden, Virginia, beautiful country. Joe was about 6'6", but just an unusual person. Great. good, Loved his sports. And the rougher it was, the better he got. <laughs> and he had uh, his second marriage, and she had some younger children, and they were down on... All, he was on all fours, and the children were on his back, and something snapped mm. and paralyzed him from the waist down. Mm. So about 1988, somewhere around there, he was in a facility at Roanoke, Virginia. So there's a bunch of us got together and decided to go up and visit him. So we went up and had a nice visit in the, mm. in the facility he was in, Long story short, I forget, it seemed like we had about 15. And then we decided to do it every year Mm. until Joe passed away. Mm. And everybody wanted to continue to do it, but there's no sense going to Virginia. So we started going to Asheville, North Carolina. And I think the most that we've ever had one weekend, I think we had 35. This was over maybe classes... 56, 57, and 58, and 59, mm. but the last one we had, we were down, we had eight, nice. so, but it, it's really been a, how many other schools will you get classmates stay that, that connected over that, that long a time and make the effort to
1: get there? Oh, yes, yeah. there? That's, that's an incredible story, and Gary, I know you've got a good, strong core group of Macaulay friends, and Uh, let me ask this, Gary, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, uh, of how fortunate I was that my family somehow with the help of, in my case, financial aid and hard work and saving on my parents' part, I was able to go to Macaulay. What would you like to say to your father
5: about providing you with the experience of a Macaulay school? Yeah, that, that stirs my soul. You know, just to to know that um, that that opportunity existed for me, and I, I think the first person I would think wouldn't be him; it would be my mother. Yes, for for um, letting me go um, off to school at the age of fourteen. It's hard for those mothers, um, but for any mothers that would listen to this, I would say it's well worth the sacrifice. And I would tell you the same thing that I have said to my mom, and will take the opportunity now and say. It's one of the best gifts she could have ever given me by letting her son go. Um, And I think she could do that because she married a Macaulay man. Mm. Absolutely.
1: And, Don, as you sit here and you think about um, Macaulay and your experience, and you're sitting next to your son, who you and Marsha sent to Macaulay and gave that opportunity. And now he's the chairman of the Macaulay board. How does that make you feel and what are your thoughts?
4: I'd like for you to pinch me. <laughs> no. Overjoyed. Yeah. yeah. I was way up bumping my head on the ceiling when I found out or he told us he was gonna be on the board. And then when the chairman of the board, it's really not not a whole lot to say other than just very, very, very proud of
1: it. Well, we are we are so grateful to your family, Marcia and Don, for your all's loyalty to Macaulay. Gary, your involvement. Uh, and Gary, the uh, the habits and, and uh, uh, energy that you developed at Macaulay as a student, we'll need those as you move forward as our board chair and you take us to that next level of greatness. So I just want to thank you. Uh, it's been so much fun to be with you and uh, hear your thoughts and memories of Macaulay, and, and uh, all I can say is, Go Big Blue. Go Big Blue. Go Big Blue. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thank you.
0: This is Lee Burns with Steve Hearn. And Steve, what impressed me about both these conversations was the fullness of the lives that these gentlemen have lived. That's one of the things about our alumni that always impressed and inspired me, that Macaulay alumni live lives to the fullest, and lives of honor, truth, and duty that contribute to the growth and progress of their communities and of this nation.
1: And that passes from generation to generation, Lee. Uh, Look at how David Bailoff has carried on his father's example of civic and professional service, and Gary Welchwell, his leadership on the Board of Trustees, and in so many other ways, wow, it just makes you proud of Macaulay. One other thing I want to say, Lee, is that uh, Don's wife and Gary's mother, Marcia, is such a wonderful part of the Welch-Macaulay family. And as Gary related in his interview, uh, she played such an important role in their experience at Macaulay. Uh, I wish now that I'd included her in the recording, but I want her to know how much Macaulay appreciates her and values her as part of the Macaulay
0: family. So in future conversations, we'll include that wife mother voice that's so important in the Macaulay story and with the Sam Bailoff interview we'll post a link on our website to the full interview with Don and Gary Welch
1: and I'll be back on the road recording more conversations and sharing them on this stories from the ridge platform so if you'd like to share your Macaulay stories with us or if you know an alum who would make a good interview let us know just drop us a note
0: Steve thanks for doing this and good luck on the road for Macaulay